Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. I was definitely overweight as a kid, and, you know, I wasn't confident. I used to dread the summer because of uh, pool parties. I never wanted to go to a pool party. And, you know, I, I gained a ton of confidence both physically you know, and emotionally through lifting, you know, I started, okay, well, if I'm going to be big, I might at least be strong. And then I started eating better. And then, you know, I started looking a little better and like, you just gain momentum. And then you're like, okay, I, I can be good at these sports. And, you know, I peaked so late in my career, but it took so much work. And, and I think that I really think I, I maxed out my potential because I was able to, you know, leverage that insecurity at a younger age and apply it to something that was healthy. Mm -hmm. And men don't typically talk about it. So I want to thank you for, I mean, I have a son, you see women just now kind of talking about their body image insecurity, but you're like, men have it too. It's just like men don't say it out loud. I mean, I, I would say men in some ways, like, especially younger boys, like, you know, they're always comparing stuff. And I, I think that some of the, the expectations are pretty unrealistic as far as like being muscular and things like that. So it's completely yeah. different. But um, yeah, I struggle with it. I mean, I still struggle with it. it those things don't go away. Like when they're deep rooted, um, but I think it can be harnessed in a positive way. Some of that energy. And I think yeah. it's okay too to recognize, like, it's okay to want to look better when you work out. Some people see that as vain or whatever, but also, you know, it's motivating and everybody wants to feel good and confident. And I think your, your image also reflects some of your discipline. Hey, senorita, really nice to meet you. Have some tequila and stay. This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's strength and conditioning coach Todd Anderson. You know him on Instagram. He shares all the strength, sleep, and performance optimization hacks. He had me at sleep. He says it's the most important thing. Sleep is my favorite. Um, we also both kind of have similar stories of walking on to a Division One college team his story turned out a little bit different than mine. Um, I want to talk about all the different modalities that I'm seeing now on Instagram. Everybody's in a sauna or an ice bath. And I don't understand why anyone would do that. Like, what is the benefit? He's going to walk us through all of it. I want to talk about sleep, obviously, alcohol, all the things that can affect our performance or just our overall health. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. And that way you'll get an alert every time a new episode drops. And please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing my show with a friend if I give you any benefit. Here's my episode with Todd Anderson. I feel very compelled to let you know that I was born in Royal Oak, Michigan. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dad That's played insane. for the Lions. And Where were you born at Beaumont? Beaumont. <laughs> I, can, I can literally see Beaumont out my window. Uh, yeah, my dad, I mean, my dad played for the Lions, but he played at Ohio State. Um, so after he retired in the NFL, he went back to Columbus. So I'm a Buckeye, which I know we don't have in common, but we at least both hate Michigan. Yeah, I, I don't think Michigan fully grasps that concept that like, they, like they'll talk to Michigan State fans and they'll be like, oh, like, 
well, at least we know Ohio State's the worst. And I'm like, no, no. I, don't, I don't think that I don't, everyone doesn't like you guys. That's, I know, you know exactly. We have kind of a lot in common. Not, I mean, I was born at the hospital that you're looking at right now. Um, yeah. Aside from that, let's talk about walk on mentality because we both have similar stories of how we went to play college sports, but yours turned out a little differently. Can you talk about, I guess, the Todd that didn't even think he was going to play college football? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, so I mean, high school, so the high school I went to was tiny. Like we had like foreign kids, nobody ever played division one football. And, um, I wasn't even in my like mindset. So I thought I was going to go to division three school, Adrian college. Um, it's, I mean, it's a great division three school. It's small. It's close. It was close to home. And then one day, literally a Michigan state's offensive coordinator walked in my school and I had no idea why that happened. Like I was like, I walked down to the office and they called me down and I looked at his shirt and I was like, wait, wait, wait. Like there's, this has to be like a club sport, like something's going on. And you know, he talked about potential preferred walk-on opportunities and you know, then everything changed. I, that I just was like a dream, right? For you, like Michigan. That was State, a dream. Like, well, it turned out like so. I played offensive line. I happened to show up at a seven-on-seven meet or game in the summer, and Jackson Highs, which is the huge high school in Jackson's, uh, their their high school um, was playing us in seven-on-seven. We didn't have a tight end. I jumped in and I like made a couple crazy catches, and I had like put a ton of time in the weight room, and I got super athletic my senior year compared to what I had been their coach happened to see me and they sent him out to Napoleon and like, that's why I showed up. So then it became like, okay, I probably have no chance to play, but you know, if I could just get on like, you know, a special team, my senior year, like that's still a dream. Like would I regret going to a division three school and uh, you know, passing up the opportunity. And I just, it came back to like, I knew I would, I would regret it. My only goal is just to play a couple of plays. Like I had no shot, like no yeah. dream that I thought it was good enough to play. And I, I still think to this day, if I didn't go to Michigan state, I think I would have been a good division three player, but I would have never excelled to the level that I did just kind of throw myself in the fire. And you also had like every injury that could happen like oh. year after year after year Horrible. and you didn't quit. Yeah, it was close. It was real close. Okay. So there's the difference I did. And I don't yeah. even know if I got to that part. Like, so for me, I believed, and I still believe that I should have been playing and I couldn't, I, we were back-to-back state champions in high school. I was like highly touted recruit. I was captain my junior and senior year. I never came off the field. So I'm like, finally, like we go to division one soccer. It's like my whole life. It was my identity. Yeah. When I lose it, I lost everything in my life, but I went in and I came in and killer shape. I won all the conditioning tests and I'm contributing in practice. And you get this, like there are girls that are happy to be there and yeah. they they tell everyone they're on the team. And like, that was not me. And it didn't feel fair that when I was contributing in practice, I, w- I mean, he put me in like, if there was 15 minutes left in the game, it almost felt like, like, I, you don't even want to go in that. And that's my husband. Like he was an NFL athlete and he's like, you were playing as a freshman. I'm like, but you don't understand. Like he started freshman but I didn't play. And so I stuck it out my freshman year and then halfway through, Oh my God, I didn't think about this till just now. I quit at Michigan state halfway through my, I swear that I just got goosebumps. We were playing at Michigan state. My mom, I grew up in Ohio. So my mom came up to watch the game and I walked across the field after never playing. Cause you know, you, you you travel, you do all the things and you never get to go in. You don't get to do the part that I felt like I earned and kind of on a whim, I just quit. Cause I was like, it's not fair. I don't know why it never crossed my mind to transfer, 
like the transfer portal wasn't really a thing. I just quit and it was the only thing that mattered. And so I lived in the soccer house and my friends would like go to practice and go to away games. And I was like, I didn't think it through. I was just like, no, this isn't fair. This is bullshit. I quit. And then there was nothing else because I put everything into soccer and in an instant it was gone. And I struggled for 10 years. Like, do you still regret that? Not because of what I do now, which is, I really want to talk to your wife about this. I started a foundation for teen girls struggling with uh, body image and self-worth. And I never would have been doing that if I didn't go through my mess. So I have a book coming out called from pain to purpose, finding meaning in the mess. Everything that looked like the wrong thing kind of aligned with what I'm doing now. So I guess I can't say I regret it, but it changed my entire life. Like I, I would have had 10 years of my life back. Cause I was a hot mess for 10 years. Cause my yeah. identity was gone. What made you like with quitting? Just not like you wanted to quit, but you didn't. It's, it's crazy how motivating this was. And I don't know if it is necessarily like a good thing, but <laughs> when I went people from my hometown thought I was nuts. So well, backing way up. Right. So my sophomore year, basically I got, I brought up the varsity. My dad was on the coaching staff. I, I got brought up for a playoff game. Um, they put us in at the end of the game, we were getting blown out and parents went nuts said we were getting favorited and all this stuff. Like, you know, that, that it was because I was a coach's son. And so that started early on, I almost transferred schools. Hmm. And I was from that point, I was out to prove to people that I was on the field for a reason. So after my sophomore year, I started lifting by myself some days before school, I lifted all three seasons, right through the season, baseball season, didn't matter wrestling season. And I was kind of like on a revenge tour, like as they would say. So, you know, it's it's funny though, those same people that were complaining to the school board when they put us in were the first to congratulate me when everything went well at Michigan State. So wow. when I was up there, you know, everyone thought I was nuts. And I kept, like I was, you know, rotating with the starters first, yeah. second string for a couple of years. I would get hurt. And I think everyone thought I was like, they're like, oh, he's on the team, but he's never going to play. I'm like, no, no, I'm telling you, like, I'm good enough to do this. Yeah. When I got there, I was not, I wasn't even close. Wow. But you know, I, I started to gain confidence and I think like kind of proving people wrong, like a chip on my shoulder kept me going. I don't know if that's a healthy, healthy mindset, no, but I think it's amazing. It, was, it was a deep, deep desire to prove those people wrong. And, but I was close. Like after my knee surgery, you know, I had surgery in the fall and, uh, I remember like in the spring talking to Kirk cousins, he was our quarterback. He was my husband's quarterback. How funny is that at the risk? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's insane. Wow. Lots in common. That's, that's, that's funny. I guess he's been playing for a long time. So that makes he sense. He has been. Wow. He was with the Redskins. I know he's with the Vikings now. Yeah. Yeah. But he was with the skins with my husband. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, I was like, dude, I Kirk, I don't know. I think I'm going to be done. Like my knee was just not okay. I couldn't, I couldn't even like do anything. It just hurt. And then, uh, like first practice, I'm like, I'm going to try to play spring ball, but like, Think, I don't think I can do it. And is that when I your thigh blew up or you had like this? No, no, that was before. This is past that. This is the oh. last. <laughs> so like I hit someone bang and my knee just like cracked, like, like bad. I was like, it felt crazy. And it was like, okay after, but I was like, something's wrong. So I woke up and I'm like, it's going to not feel good. It was like kind of sore. And I go to warm up the next day for our lift. And I like shuffle, which normally was like excruciating and all the pain was what went in my way. So they don't know what happened. They think like scar tissue got broken up. I don't know, but you know, it was almost like a miracle that I was even able to go wow. Ended up having a great spring ball. And, and that's kind of when I got a scholarship and was able to make it happen, but I was real close. I mean, if I didn't give it a shot, you know, like the, I, you know, everybody says there's just, there's just something about showing up, but if I didn't just try one day, that last day of spring ball, that would have never happened. And I could easily hung it up and I was really close. So 
everybody's talked about like go one more well like that one more practice was the one that kind of literally <laughs> yeah literally like broke me free i don't even know what happened we still don't know yeah. more squats and margaritas in a moment now this now back to squats and margaritas and anybody that like sees you now or when you say you lifted all through the three seasons it wasn't always that way and i have found that like men and women in the wellness space now are here and like inspiring others and coaching others because you went through something for sure. Yeah. So I was, I was definitely overweight as a kid and you know, I wasn't confident. I used to dread the summer because of uh pool parties. I yeah. never wanted to go to a pool party and you know, I, I gained a ton of confidence both physically, you know, and emotionally through lifting, you know, I started, okay, well, if I'm going to be big, I might as well at least be strong. And then I started eating better. And then, you know, I started looking a little better and like, you just gain momentum. And then you're like, okay, I, I can be good at these sports. And, you know, I peaked so late in my career, but it took so much work. And, and I think that I really think I, I maxed out my potential because I was able to, you know, leverage that insecurity at a younger age and apply it to something that was healthy. And, and it, it was life. It still is life changing, you know? So I think um, there's a lot of kids that struggle with different, different, avenues as far as like their confidence and, and how they look and their relationship with their, with food, especially. And I struggle with that. So, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, the, the weight room has been like the anchor in my life. Mm -hmm. And men don't typically talk about it. So I want to thank you for, I mean, I have a son, like if he's yeah. ever struggling, you see women just now kind of talking about their body image insecurity, but you're like, men have it too. It's just like men don't say it out loud and you do. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I would say men in some ways, like, especially younger, yeah, younger boys, like, you know, they're always comparing stuff. And I, I think that some of the, the expectations are pretty unrealistic as far as like being muscular and things like that. So it's completely yeah. different, but, um, yeah, I struggle with it. I mean, I still struggle with it. it. Those things don't go away. Like when they're deep rooted, but I think it can be harnessed in a positive way. Some of that energy. And I think yeah. it's okay too to recognize, like you do, it's okay to want to look better when you work out. Some people see that as vain or whatever, but also, you know, it's motivating and everybody wants to feel good and confident. And I think your, your image also reflects some of your discipline to a sense. So, mm -hmm. um, like we work with a lot of, uh, young swimmers and the guys always want to do curls and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, when we're playing workouts, I think it's okay to throw some of that stuff in there because, um, you know, whatever keeps them motivated and keeps them coming back and wanting to do it. I think that's the most important thing. Yes. And when you start feeling it like physically feeling good in your body, it spills over into every other aspect of your life. Like I would be 100%. short with my husband and just be like, I'm a better friend. I'm a better mom, a better wife. When I got my body together and I did it at 37 after having two kids. So I kind of want to go through this with you. Cause I'm not, obviously I'm not a trainer. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm just a woman that figures something out after 20 years of abusing my body with bulimia, anorexia, exercise, bulimia. I was 20 pounds heavier when I was living that way. And I know now I was living in a constant state of stress and cortisol. Cause I would be going out to dinner and pulling up the menu to make sure there was a salad I would eat and make like making sure that the hotel had a gym on vacation and just living, calculating calories, your body holds on to stress. Now, and I wrote my book to say squats and margaritas is living life with balance. Nothing is off limits because it makes it more enticing. So I can have what I want, but I'm mindful. And I wrote the book to the woman who was me just on the treadmill seven days a week, sometimes admittedly twice a day and only eating salads. Um, can you speak on a woman that's feeling frustrated because she's over exercising and under eating, which women have been told their whole life, calories in versus calories out. Like why that, that may not be working for them. 
Yeah. Well, I think, I think stress in general is such an elusive thing, but um, it goes far beyond calories in calories out. I mean, yeah, the reason calories in calories out, I think works over time is just because it is a metric of energy, right? And it's, and it is an effective way to mount measure just our energy balance, but there's so many factors involved and stress is one of them. Right. And, And we clearly don't have it figured out. Like there was a study that came out last year, I believe, and it showed like the daily caloric intake of uh, a u.s citizen mm-hmm. and it's it's just been it, it rose until about 2010 and it kind of tapered off and it went down slightly up until now but obesity rates have just continued to skyrocket right so one i would say that we're clearly missing something right um and i guess we're, we're not exactly sure what it is but i guarantee you stress is a, is a main factor in that and they've had, I have, they've even done studies where like you have a cheat meal or something or something someone feels guilty about and it will even have a bigger impact on them weight wise because of the guilt like physiologically a bigger impact wow. so um i think it's hard because you feel like I understand where women are coming from anybody when they're on the treadmill and they're eating salads, because it does feel like you're doing the right thing. You know, it feels like you're going to lose weight and it feels like effective. But I think that, you know, incorporating strength training and, and lean proteins and, and living a balanced life and also the enjoyment factor one, it cuts down the stress immensely. So I guess my message would just be like, give it a chance, like see it through for six months, um, it's and so just hard. see what happens, right? You can always go back. The salads and treadmill will always be there. It's just right? so hard to trust. Like a trainer was like, it's you so are over exercising and under eating. You need to eat more. And I'm like, okay, I need to eat more to lose weight. Cause it's just not, it doesn't, it doesn't sound right. Well, I think it's hard too, because sometimes, right? Like it's in that scenario too, you're probably overly sensitive to, to the scale and, and how you look. And sometimes when you do inc- increase calories, you know, immediately there is a, is a slight gain just because your body's adjusting and, and, um, you're, you're intaking more energy, right? So you have to have, have faith, but yeah, you might have like, the- would you say my metabolism shut off just because it's like, she is not eating and here she's working out again. So I look, it was like, we have to, we can't, the last thing is thinking is burn fat. It's like trying to keep you alive. hundred percent. Well, that's the thing. It's like, uh, like, think about it. If you start eating a hundred, a thousand calories, like you're not going to lose weight forever. Like that will become your new baseline. And that's exactly what happens. And I think people get fixated on this number, right? So like, Oh, like I read in the magazine, I need to eat 1200 calories. Okay. Mm -hmm. But no one really knows what their baseline is. That's what the scale is a product of the baseline and what they're eating. Right. So the combination with their exercise. So I think that, um, I think that people don't realize how quickly that baseline can shift. And that becomes your new norm, right? And you can't just keep eliminating that and, and vice versa, your norm, like when you're, you're that stressed out and that much in a caloric deficit, eventually that, um, that baseline is going to keep dropping and your body's going to want to hold on to weight. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't want to starve. It's very yeah. good at your body is very good at staying alive. It's trying so, to keep you alive. It's like when you the get last thing alone. is burning calories. It's just, just doing like vital functioning because it's like, yeah. this it be- bitch is about to work out again and she didn't eat. It becomes very efficient. Yes. And that is one part of it. I was under eating. And ne- the second part is what you just said. It was lifting. And to that woman that is still like, no, 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 I don't want to bulk. I just want to tone. I'm not like either somebody that's not lifting at all or sticking to like five pound weights because they just want to tone. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Now back to squats and margaritas. When you look at just feeling muscle in general, 
guys literally crush themselves <laughs> and don't put on muscle. Right. So they like do everything in their power to find muscle and it's a, they have a really hard time. Right. And guys have like 20 times the testosterone that a, that a female does. So true. it's a Good much point. easier for them to find muscle. So already right there, it's all, it's nearly impossible for a female to put on a massive amount of muscle, even right. if they did everything right. And the other thing is just from a health perspective, I mean, if you're doing, so, so if you're doing any super resistance training and you can do over 20 reps of it, right? Like if you're life dependent, let's say you're doing shoulder press and you have five pound dumbbells and you can do 20 reps, but life depends on, you could do 60. Yeah. You're essentially not getting anything from like a, a muscular standpoint. You're not going to get much of a, a response from a muscular skeletal system. So it's like, you might as well just be doing some cardiovascular work. Yeah. But there's so many positive benefits from doing strength training in the rep ranges, you know, actual strength training, especially in regards to the new stuff that we're finding about like, like insulin sensitivity and, and glucose metabolism, all the things that allow you to maintain a low body fat. I mean, yes. doing heavy resistance training is one of the best things you can do. And that's really the only way you can raise that baseline, you know, your metabolic baseline. I figured it, it out the only 20 way. years. Yes. Yeah. And it's like your, your metabolic uh, daily metabolic rate is going to be higher. Even when you're not working out, I 100%. eat like two times what I ate before, but I have muscle on my body now. Right. And I think women just picture that lady, that bulky, like bodybuilder lady. And you're like, you shy away from it, but must putting muscle on my body and eating more changed everything for me. And I it was like, I had to write the book because women are just not told it's like, do your cardio, um, yeah. count your calories. And it's just, it's like, yeah. no, it's not that. And I didn't figure it out till 37. And just, well, I like to have, <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least I like to have like an actual professional kind of like back me on that. Yeah. People are like, well, who are you? Well, you know, and, and, you know, putting on muscle and strength training is the only way to, from a long-term perspective, uh, increase your, your caloric burner, your, your metabolic rate, that, that's sustainable, right? So even if you add an exercise, which exercise has a ton of benefits health and longevity wise, but as far as metabolic rate and body composition, that's the only way you can raise that. But in turn, that creates a sustainable lifestyle because now you can fit in some of those things. Like you're talking about, you can fit in a margarita because your, yeah. your metabolic rate is slightly higher. And the more tissue you put on, the more energy burn sustaining it. So you said we should day drink. Um, so that's why I have you here today. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you're saying if you drink, that if your body will metabolize it better, if you drink at a brunch or you're not having that cocktail with dinner, you have it before and not, yeah. so it doesn't mess up your sleep. And that is why I have you seriously here. Like you had me at sleep. You say sleep yeah. is the number one, like factor that if anybody's going to change anything, they should look at their sleep. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that like alcohol, a lot of the negative effects of alcohol, I would say actually stem from the effect on someone's sleep. I don't think it's the actual alcohol. Majority of it is is asleep because the sleep not only affects every system in the body, it also cascades into the next day, which is rare, yeah. right? So when you have late night drinks, not only are you, are you receiving negative health benefits of alcohol, you're also kind of waterfalling the effects into the next day, which leads to harder nutritional choices, yes. you know, poor, you know, you know, health outcomes It's harder to actually get momentum to make yourself work out. So it's just this cycle. I'm so on like a, sober curious journey. And I need someone else that does drink like I do, but it's cognizant of it and doesn't want to feel like shit the next day and doesn't want to F up their sleep. But I still like, I, I really, I thought you were gonna say no, I thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 uh, I drink, yeah, casually, like, you know, socially I'll have a couple, but I'm, I'm definitely, I'm all for like the three o'clock, like we're going to have a glass of wine before we go maybe, but 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm, and also I hate being hungover. So I've always right. thought about just going like cold Turkey. I usually do like, you know, uh, dry January or whatever, but, um, I'm always, like you said, curious. I never quite pull the trigger because I, I, I do enjoy it. You know, when there's like, right. so basically my, my, I guess my promise myself is I have to make it worth it. Like if I'm going to have some drinks, it needs to be a situation where it's going to be worth it. And ideally it's early, but I mean, every once in a while, if I'm on a bachelor party or something, you know, like it's a huge celebration, a wedding, you know, I'll let yeah. it rip, you know, I'll, I'll, but it I'll sounds like you can it. moderate when you're like one or two. Like, I think sometimes I get stuff. It's like, stop. There's such a huge sober mom movement right now. And people are like, stop, te- like, making it the squats and margaritas like this fun thing. And I'm like, but my intention with squats and margaritas is allow for it. And you can have a cocktail because you know, if you have a couple of weeks or you have a dry January and then it ends, it's like, then you want all the cocktails. Cause it was off limits. If it's not off limits, yeah. it's just kind of like, it's wine, it's a margarita. And that was my message with that. It was like, have a drink, don't have three. And that's how I live now. And I finally found my best physical body and people are like, you shouldn't be pushing drinking. And I'm like, it's, I'm actually, trying to stop drinking. But like you said, I enjoy it. I want to have like a glass of wine with dinner, but I hate when people are like, Oh, hate being hungover. Like I hate it. And I, other people like it's worth it to them to have, it's not like I would rather just not drink at all than be hungover. I literally like, I hate it so much that like, if I'm, let's say I'm at a big party or something, I'm having drinks to the point where or a wedding is a good example. Cause it's late usually. I literally hate it so much that I just can't stop thinking about like, Oh, I'm not going to feel good tomorrow. And I think sometimes <laughs> I would feel fine, but I just like talk myself into not feeling good the next hundred percent. Well, I feel like that's why you look like you do like you're cognizant of it. You're <laughs> not going to put yourself in it. I don't know. I just, I feel it. Okay. So it, balance lifestyle, you work out. Like the other thing was when I worked out seven days a week, that stress, like you couldn't pay me to take a day off. And now it's like, and you said it too, like you enjoy your life. You can eat the food you want. And then the stress component goes away. I eat what I want, but I'm so like, I'm um, mindful. Like I'll eat. And then if I'm, I'll check in if I'm not, like I, I don't eat till I'm like stuffed, but I'll right. get, I'll order what I want, like on the menu. And that yeah. has worked for me. So that's like the, my squats and margaritas now it's like, order what you want. Don't eat all of it. Nothing is off limits work out a few times a week, emphasis on strength training and that work for me. So that's what yeah. I share now. And I think, I think that stress is, is going to be a massive movement in the next five years. Like we, we clearly understand that stress is like detrimental to the human body, mm-hmm. but it's really hard for us to research, right? Because like you have to isolate a variable, but stress is such a subjective thing. But I think as we're able to like, um, objectify stress and some of these like biomarkers, I think we're going to realize that it has an impact like far beyond what we even realize now, yes. because it seems to be like, it's just an underlying factor in every single disease there is. And it'll be interesting, interesting to see like, as we gain knowledge, like where it goes, cause it's incredible. Like people who, who are under chronic stress, you know, what happens to them over time. Physically. Right. Exactly. Talk to me about this cold plunge because I cannot get behind it. That's another thing. I hate to be hungover and I hate to be cold. I'm the person like at Ohio state Michigan game where everybody's drinking and having fun. And I'm like the tip of my nose and the tip of my fingertips. Like, I feel like I'm colder than other people that I feel cold. So it is my worst nightmare. You need to tell me what is the benefit? Is it mental toughness to like, see if you can make like, what do you, why should I do this? I mean, first off, I hate it too. Oh, okay. Like it's not fun, especially. So it me hurts. And my wife, it, oh, it hurts horribly. Like, so me and my wife, we do it first thing in the morning. And like, when you roll out of bed, it, it first, it's also on our balcony right now. We're in Michigan. It's like 
you know, 10 degrees. So that makes it worse. But like when you roll out of bed and you're standing over ice full water, there's nothing that you, Mm -mm. that's probably the last thing on earth you want to do. Like you'd probably rather jump over the balcony edge than get in the water. (laughs) (laughs) So why do you do it? Well, that's part of, so, you know, like, so you, when you get in, in like cold, cold exposure in general, there's a lot of positive health benefits. So one, like I was talking about earlier, your body better metabolizes glucose, better insulin sensitivity, you know, 11 minutes a week, they've shown those two things to happen. But the other thing is, and the reason I like it is just mental clarity reduces anxiety because when you get in uh, the cold water, you get like a 250% increase in dopamine, 500% increase in norepinephrine, like all these neurotransmitters that like coffee induces, yeah. Essentially, the same thing happens in the cold plunge. Because your body's but like, the what thing, the fuck? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's all like a shock reaction. Yeah. It's a stressor. But um, that's part of it, too. It's like, so the second idea is like, is handling stress, right? You're, it's a controlled stress environment. So the idea is if you can control your mindset and your thought process when you're in that controlled stress environment, when you get in a stress environment in life, whether it be a relationship, work, whatever it may be, you're able to control that in the same way. So that's kind of the thought process. Um, hard, again, hard to research that, but as far as the mental health benefits, I mean, you know, clarity, mental function, um, alertness, all those things go through the roof because you're, you're increasing those neurotransmitters. And the cool thing is when you have coffee, you know, it spikes those neurotransmitters, but then they crash because it's like a chemical response. What they found is in the cold, it spikes all those neurotransmitters and they just gradually taper off over a few hours. So you don't get that same crash response that you would from caffeine. Okay. It's a nice, slow, gradual decline to baseline. How long are we talking? Like you say every day, how long does Katie stay in? We do three minutes usually. God, I don't... it's rough. And then when you get out, is it immediately better or you just, you need no. to get to warm? So no, three, we do three minutes in and then you try to wait eight minutes to, to warm up and then you can warm back up. That's kind of like the, the threshold for getting max benefits. Okay. It sucks. Like it really not sucks, a plunge. but an hour, <laughs> an hour later, you feel awesome. Like how, like, like feel physically? Imagine when, imagine when you have like a cup of coffee, but you hadn't had one in like three weeks. I don't know if you've okay. ever done that. That's feel what it alive. feels like. <laughs> okay. Oh, super alive. Okay. So I wasn't thinking of a mental benefit. I thought it was more, I was like, he's going to say it's like recovery. Cause you're, you're training oh. for a marathon, right? Yes. That's what's so, funny. It doesn't actually help with recovery. Like we thought. Why do so, the player NFL players sit in the ice bath? Well, so we don't recommend it after a workout because you want the inflammatory responses from the workout. There's a reason those, okay. those mechanisms exist. So you want your body to be inflamed and recover. But the, the one time it's useful, and this is why some NFL guys do it, or a lot of athletes do it, is if you have like um, multiple bouts of exercise or practice in the same day, it can help you perform at that same like baseline, right? Okay. So if you have two okay. practices and it keeps inflammation down for the next, the next performance, that, that can be useful. But a lot of guys, there's no two days anymore in college or pro. So I didn't know lot, that. It's kind of an old school thing. You know, it will make you feel better immediately, less sore. But as far as actual like recovery and and muscle repair over time, you're better off just sitting with it and doing just some active recovery, moving around the next day. Okay, good. I don't want to, I mean, I want to try it. Like (laughs) I see Jesse and with his straw. Yeah. I mean, I was with him uh, two days ago. I saw I'm here. We'll talk uh, about this at the end. Someone needs to tell them that I'm not like, I don't know what I've been trying to book him. And obviously Sarah being entrepreneur goals, she has four kids and, I just, I've been on it for a while, but I have not booked either of them. <laughs> I need uh, someone. 
stuff to pin down that's for sure i know i'm trying more squats and margaritas in a moment now this now back to squats and margaritas sauna versus uh steam yes you told me sauna can get hotter because it doesn't have the humidity i do a steam shower like we have our shower is a steam it gets into like 108 and i sit in there like a few times a week but i'm not really sure just to like cleanse out toxins why am i in there (laughs) um Well, it's not that hot. So you're not going to get like the health like benefits that they study in the sauna. It's good for your sinuses and stuff, but it's more of a, oh. it's more of a mental thing. It's oh. crazy. The first, the first time I met Jesse, we went out to his house in Connecticut and this was so, I mean, Jesse has been on the cold and sauna game for a long time. And I've been on the game for, I, I've been into it for quite a long time too. So it was kind of like the stepbrothers moment when it was like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> because we went out there and Sorry. get this sauna. <laughs> And uh, he had this cold plunge in, in downstairs, which was like before it was trendy. And I knew he had it. And he's like, you want to hit the sauna? And I'm like, oh, I've been waiting the whole day for you to ask me to hit the sauna. <laughs> so we ended up going in there with uh, Kevin, Kevin, the cop. Uh, and we went in the steam room and it was, a, he cranked it up to 130 degrees, which is insane. Like, like you're talking like your fingernails are burning. Yeah. You have to cover your face. And I remember him sitting there. He, I was like, how many people, and this is the first time I met him. This is probably why we're still friends. How many people have taken this thing to 130 degrees? And he's like, just one. And I was like, oh, like who, who was it? He's like me. Like I'm the only one. He's like this is the I'm first like, time I tried it. And you're in okay. So, so I'm the second person. I feel oh really, God. feel really secure about this. Uh, so, and it was rough, but we lived. You, you did. <laughs> that doesn't have as much benefit as a sauna different oh, sauna excuse me yes not steam room sauna because it doesn't have the humidity it can get hotter and what does yeah. that do like you said steam's not doing much sauna is yeah sauna like sauna you know they've been doing these crazy studies in in uh in europe for a while but you know four to seven times a week at least 20 minutes you know they're showing decreased rates in dementia alzheimer's all these things so you know they, they think it's these heat shock proteins that are like a um a very potent anti-aging mechanism and they, they do it in uh, they they expose like these different types of worms to extreme heats oh. and um they end up living like one and a half times as long as they normally would live which is nice because with worms like they only live like a week so it's easy to study longevity it's like yeah the best thing. yeah um but you know it's, it, at the end of the day what we're learning is and it was stress involved too like adversity yes. for humans is a great thing whether it be cold heat emotional relationship all these controlled um, well, sometimes not controlled, but these controlled ways to, to, uh, throw adversity at yourself tend to create a really positive response. Okay. Um, as long as you're able to overcome them. <laughs> yeah, you hope you, sometimes as long as you make it out, it's very positive. If you put, well, if I mean, you know, it's like sometimes the emotional stressors, like they kind of they, like they, Ugh. they make better and harden you or they're too much to handle sometimes and, and yeah. you gotta seek be careful with jesse i feel like he you can't try he's gonna come up with something <laughs> be like, that's, jesse. What, that's what every time we're together i feel like sarah tells him uh the higher the temperature the lower the iq <laughs> <laughs> god i love her i gotta get to her this has yep. been wonderful you got through all my questions um where can people find you if they want more from you uh, I, I, I say i spend the most time on on instagram Okay. Um, so look me up or I'm on TikTok now. I've been posting a lot of videos. I've been trying to really crank out some recovery sleep content 2023. So now we posting a bunch. Fabulous. I want to have your wife on and talk yeah. to her about sure. female athletes. And then when you guys have kids, like being a mom and raising a daughter, like I have a daughter now and I'm like, she will not struggle and 
it's funny, like my husband and I, we're both athletes and we talk about now and like your, your kids, like that to live up to a two-time Olympian and NFL player, like it's like, first, are you going to let him play football with everything we know now? If he wanted to. Yeah. Well, we talk about that. And then week, like (laughs) he says, week the, the way that people parent now and the soft, like participation trophies, like mm. when you have to, yeah, it's, it's different. It's tough. <laughs> we talk, I mean, we talk about that stuff all the time, but I, I, the good thing is we're very aligned. And at the end of the day, I think the kid has to drive the success. Like you're never going to push a kid into being super successful in anything. So we're aligned with that. So my kid will probably end up being, you know, a musician, which is totally That's what Marcus is. He's like, who knows if he'll even want to. And if he doesn't want it, like, there's no way I can like, if you don't want to play football, he's not going to stay with it. So I think the only thing that I'll, I'll say is I'll, I'll make them do, they have to do something physical. Like they have to be active. Yeah. They, yeah. they can't just, they can't just be, if they want to be a professional gamer, that's fine, but you have to do something physically active alongside that exactly. and yeah. something involving a team because. Yes. You learn so much from that. Just being on a team. Yeah. Um, I will end it with, cause you'll get it. I, this is how much it has changed. I was on a back-to-back state championship soccer. I think I already mentioned it. <laughs> it was very important to me. Yeah. A state championship soccer team. So we had this big banner and it was like this big pep rally and everybody has this big uh, assembly. Now, when I go back to my high school in Ohio, there's 95 banners of various uh, seventh place, all district, uh, third place, maybe not seven, third place, all. That's weird. And I'm like, and they're like, well, no, they, they made it. I'm like, no they don't get a banner. And my, like, people are like, what a bitch. No, <laughs> well, you don't get a banner. I like, I earned that banner. And like, I would be like taking my kids back and be like, I'm, I'm one of the 95 banners. Cause now everybody gets a banner, Todd, everybody uh-huh. gets, they, they made it out of districts. You get a banner, I, you get a I'm banner. probably a little naive to this, even because I don't have kids yet that I don't fully comprehend how bad that is, but that's going to be a tough, tough bridge for me to, to yeah, cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, you got it. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas. Margaritas.